Jiminy, oh, it's the real Scuzzlebutt. What? Scuzzlebutt's real? Oh my God, look at his leg. Hi kids, I'm TV's Brent Musburger. Dude, he's got Brent Musburger for a leg. Ah! Quick, Dad, shoot it! Oh no, out of ammo. Hey, look! Dude, he's making ice cream. Gazabut kicks ass. Now that's what I call a sticky situation. <laughs> Kick ass. Welcome to Going Down to South Park, the podcast where we always have ourselves a time. This week we are here to review the episode City on the Edge of Forever, aka known as Flashbacks. I am Dando. <laughs> I am Guy. Yes, it is indeed all flashbacks all the time. The whole episode was a bit of a troll, really, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I love the fact that, obviously, I don't know whether they were asked to do a clip show or whether they felt like doing a clip show, but I love the spin on the clip show in the sense that they kept changing the story every time they mm. went back. I don't think I'd ever seen someone do this or do it since where they have a clip show. You don't see clip shows at all anymore because the whole no. clip show element just is redundant because you can go and access anything whenever you want. But I love the idea of we're going to do a clip show, but we're going to fuck with people. We're going to we're going to think they're going to see their favorite clips from the show. Even though it's only in the second season, they're going to think they're going to see their favorite clips and we're going to change them. But I, th- I thought that was really, really clever and funny. I enjoyed it a lot. That aspect was really good. Absolutely. Um, I'm also of the mind, and you may agree with this, and some of the listeners may also think this, a little bit of Miss Crabtree goes a long way. I actually had, I liked that they added some depth to her character. I mean, her her, 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 her shtick with the yelling gets old, yes. But I like that they added a, they humanized it to an extent. It's kind of like when they did it with um, in Chicken Lover with Officer Barb Brady. They add, that oh, yeah. extra el- they add that extra element to them now where, you feel like you know more about the character. so And that's what The Simpsons do well. They occasionally would do a sort of a, a story about a, a, a side character, whether it be a Mo or a Krusty or a Mr. Burns or something like that, where they're fleshing out this this town. Last week, we got more about um, Jimbo and Ned. We were Ned's backstory and Jimbo, that kind of thing. So but they're fleshing out this universe now so they can sort of expand and not have to focus so much on the four kids. Whilst the four kids will always be the main focus of the show, much like mm. The Simpsons family, it wouldn't surprise you now to just do sort of like a, a Jimbo and Ned sort of episode now with the kids that sort of like the in the shadows. A little bit of Miss Crunchy does go a long way, but it, I thought the way they handled it here made sense. And this, you're not, it's confusing. Why is everyone laughing at this? is stupid. It's almost like they're saying to you, her character is ridiculous. It isn't funny. But then they had everyone laughing at her. I don't know whether it was to piss off the viewer or, or not, but I thought they did it in a way that I appreciated. I don't know if I appreciate it so much. I mean, I thought it was fine. I'm not I'm not about to throw this episode under the bus, so to speak, just because, you know, it's got a lot of Miss Crabtree in it. And I thought you would have really liked Marcus. <laughs> I did. I thought his name was Mitch. Was I thought well. she said, I, I had Mitch originally, and then she said Marcus. And after then at the like, end, they say Marcus. So I get, I get the feeling, again, it's a bit of the whole troll thing that Parker and Stone are doing. Where, maybe, yeah. Spoiler, it's a dream within a dream within a dream, all that kind of business. And you, yeah, you don't know exactly what's what and who's who. I did love the, that character, though. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just you're constantly just following her around, just on the chance that he actually just get, does get laid. <laughs> <laughs> on the chance that those roofies will eventually kick in and he'll get some. But just yeah, this uh, this creepy sort of uh, would be Elvis. I'm like, how, how are you doing there, Miss Crabber? I'm. I'm I, I'm always a sucker for anyone who does like an Elvis impersonation or especially like Johnny Bravo. Do you remember Johnny Bravo? Yeah, of course, that cartoon? Network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Johnny Bravo Poppy or somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty. 
<laughs> well, got, I've just looked him up here on the South Park wiki. So Marcus is a man who dated Ms. Crabtree in Stan's Dream in the season two episode City on the Edge of Forever. Okay, flashback. Mm-hmm. So I guess his name is Marcus, but I'm certain she says Mitch. Certain she I says am Mitch. certain of that as well. So yeah, and we couldn't we couldn't have the same delusion. No, could we? Because no, so, I wrote I wrote Mitch and I went how the f-? and when she said Marcus, I was like how did I hear Marcus as Mitch? Oh huh? well, she said Marcus that time. I'd changed my note. There but yeah, I'm glad go. you had it as yeah. well. Yeah, they must have, they must have <laughs> been fucking with us. But that's that's what they do. They they fuck with the viewer. But it, no, in in response to what you were saying though about how you know they're expanding the the South yeah. Park universe and the cast of characters and all that, I didn't really get that so much from Miss Crabtree in this. I thought eh, you know she's a means to an end in this episode. Uh, I didn't really feel like you learned more about her. Which is like oh, we're using this character to do this. And but do, do you know why she what she she was McCoy from Star Trek? In the episode "The City on the Edge of Forever," you know, you know this episode is in a completely homage to that episode, right? I know about. I know there's an episode of Star Trek called "City on the Edge of Forever," but I don't really. I'm not that much of a trekker that I know what okay. it's about. So it's, it's from the first season. It's considered one of the best episodes in the show's run. So uh, McCoy gets on drugs and goes back in t- in time and fucks up things in the past, which changes the present. Um, and then um, Kirk and Spock have to go back and fix it. So she's basically playing the role of McCoy in this. Okay, so then. Well, that would also explain why they have the little kid, uh, the Star Trek red shirt, who goes out. Yes. You know, you know, of course, you know why, what a red shirt is. Yes. It's the, yeah, the cast member who's like, I'm going to go explore this planet. Okay, fine. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm dead. Oh, well, this planet's clearly a threat. We're not going to kill <laughs> Kirk. We're not going to kill Spock. But we'll kill this guy in the red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I did like. Look, I've got here. I've never been a huge Star Trek fan, and it's not because I don't like it. I've just never really bothered to watch it. Really, I've just, I just I, I will mm. one day. It's one of those things I put on the show. I will watch you one day. I've got the fucking original series there. I will watch it. I watched this. I went. I like the fact that Trey and Matt are Star are Trekkies. Like because they they didn't take the piss out of Star Trek here. It was, it was an homage oh, to no. Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. But that's like, yeah. I could I could have taken or, or left uh, Miss Crabtree and all that. Mm-hmm. But one thing it did do in expanding the universe was with the parents. The first time you see you know when they're doing that ter- that terrible song, and you know Randy's one of the first ones to be singing Randy Marsh. I'm like, oh, I think you're giving us a hint that. Randy's going to be a bit more of a character going forward, yeah. or you're looking at him going, "Oh, I think there's something we can do with this guy." <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the parents do do their part, but uh, I think the fact that Randy's the first one is run away, come home. <laughs> 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 it just made me go, "Oh, I'm I'm just I'm so eagerly awaiting when we get to do more Randy centric episodes because oh, they're, they're they're among my all time favorites." I think Randy has just sort of become. Dare I say, a favourite character for many people. When you think of South Park, oh, many yeah. people just think of Randy Marsh now. Like that that screenshot of him with just to come everywhere. <laughs> just, it's just like... Yeah. like I think oh, it was Rand- a spooky ghost. <laughs> yeah, I think Randy has just become the fan favourite. Like he, like, he almost is South Park these days. People love Randy Marsh. And it's it's interesting because it's almost on a like a slowed down version of the Simpsons timeline and that when the Simpsons started everyone was like oh it's Bart Simpson everyone loves Bart he's so yeah. super cool and funny and everything like that and then eventually it's like no we love Homer yes. <laughs> um, and and with South Park they took a longer time to do it and I think people still still do dig Cartman to some degree but it's like oh Cartman the breakout character yeah we love him and then you know maybe what 10 12 however many years in it's like I think Randy's kind of taking over. <laughs> well, South Park evolved, and like Trey and Matt were smart enough. At the start, it was 
look at these kids with attitude. And that's like that mm. right show, right time. You know, kids with attitude, that kind of thing. That's why kids gravitate towards it. It's like, oh, they're saying things we're not allowed to say. Whoa. And then these kids, like myself, we got older. And then yeah. Trayman had to recognize, wait a minute, our core fan base are no longer kids with attitude. They are people going through adult situations and adult issues now. Who, who's the most Cartman adult in this show? It's Randy. <laughs> and that's why he was um, given a bigger role in the show. He's just yeah, a hilarious character. But yeah, I really appreciate the fact that I'm like, oh, they're Trekkies. I like this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I did also <laughs> like their um, the way that every flashback was just really terrible footage. I mean, it looked like it was oh, really yeah. old and shit. <laughs> and for some reason, I remember... And I hadn't thought about this until I rewatched it for this review, and it was just like a whoa nostalgia kick. The that's what I call a sticky situation. We fucking said that in the schoolyard for weeks. <laughs> we obviously all watched this episode. I haven't thought yeah. about this episode since, but we whenever something would go wrong, that's what I call a sticky situation. And you knew if you said that, <laughs> you, like you were guaranteed to laugh, no matter yeah. whether it made any sense. If you said that, everyone's like, "Eh, South Park." <laughs> <laughs> it was just like well, guaranteed laughs, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, watching this episode, I'm like, yeah, and I've said this on the Simpsons, um, on our Simpsons podcast, Four Finger Discount, by the way, that uh, I'll be surprised when revisiting an episode, it's like, oh, this line or this bit is from that episode. And it's a line or something that I'll remember or a line that I'll use all the time, just apropos or nothing. And anytime I'm eating like a sweet treat, and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm usually by myself because I won't do this or anyone else. Mm, it's chocolatey and delightful. <laughs> How good is that reading? I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And I would just say it so often. And when I heard Cartman say it this time around, oh, it's this episode. Yay. Isn't it amazing <laughs> when you, you have lines that you say all the time in your life and you don't remember where they come from? And you watch this old TV show and you're like, that's where it was. Oh, yeah. And you have this connection with the sh- Like now you have that, you'll have that connection with the episode. You're like, oh, you gave me. So many moments of delight over my life that no one got to appreciate because yeah. I only said that about myself. But so many moments of my life, <laughs> I quoted this, but I couldn't remember where I quoted it from. And at South Park, yeah, South Park is well, good for do that. You, do you remember any others like that? Any other lines like that? Maybe not necessarily in, in from South this show, Park. but oh, well, not, not necessarily no. from South Park, but from anything else. Let me, let me think. Uh, there, there was there was a Simpsons one recently where I had no idea it was from The Simpsons. Um, let me let me let me think. I'll I'll tell you at the end yeah. of, the, of the episode. Uh, there was there is yeah. one that happened recently. We're doing uh, a review. I know that I've got one. Uh, there was a, a romantic comedy in the 90s called The Truth About Cats and Dogs with okay. Emma Thurman and Janine Garofalo. And there's a bit in it where I think she's trying to appear like, you know, sophisticated in front of this guy that she likes and she spills something on her on her shirt. And she says, of course, of course that would happen. <laughs> and I just say that all, I say the, that time. all the time. Of course it's happened. <laughs> yeah, but, but I say it in exactly that cadence. Like, of course, of course that would happen. <laughs> I remember, I remember revisiting Starship Troopers oh, a few years ago and the, you know what to do. <laughs> Just, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> I say it all the time. You know what to do. Or the, would you like to know more? <laughs> I fucking it, love well, that. Uh, hilarious again. We're in, we're in sync again today, Dana, because, you know, we both knew about Mitch Marcus. But also, I mean, the bug in this, the monster, the big scary yes. monster, looks very much like a Starship Troopers bug, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very much indeed. And if you want to hear us review Starship Troopers, we are going to be reviewing it on our podcast, The Movie Guys. So you can check that out exclusively on our Patreon next week. Or if you listen to this on the free feed, I think it was last week, it'll be up on Patreon now. Check it out. The Movie Guys speaking about Starship Troopers, the 25th anniversary. I could not believe it's been 25 years since that movie came out. Indeed. So if you would like to know more, become a patron. What were your favourite moments from City on the Edge of Forever, Mr. Davis? 
<laughs> I think I might have covered them already. I mean, I just thought, it's Chakotay and Delanta. Yeah, I did love that. I also did like that when when Cartman uh, explains how Kenny died, he's like, Kenny couldn't have died then. He just died then. Oh, yeah, you're right. That doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> just taking the mickey out of their own fucking stupid gag. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, the, the the Mitch Marcus sort of weird Elvis character. Just any yeah. anytime someone talks like this, <laughs> but they also turn out to be a bit of a creep. Is funny, uh, but I think that was my favourite bit. But I just got a great laugh out of it when uh, they rock up to the comedy club and there's just that dreadful stand up up on stage doing the awful impersonations and yeah, Miss Grabbed just yells at him ca- carrot, so much. Carrot ass or something. Yeah, I think he's carrot top. Yeah, is he meant to be? Was his uh, name it's carrot, carrot ass? In it's, called car- it's called carrot ass in this. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old carrot top taking the piss. Uh, but, yeah, just ragging them so much that he eventually wets himself. Oh, yes. <laughs> Poor I guy. really enjoyed, um, in particular, we were saying the, the sticky situation earlier. I loved Kenny. <laughs> yeah, we, you always have to go to the, uh, <laughs> usually have to go to that site that's like, what is Kenny saying? But Okay, now let's try to get an answer from someone who's not a complete retard. All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia for City on the Edge of Forever. Before then, we're going to read out the names of our $20 patrons. If you want your name read out on every podcast here on the Four Finger Discount Network, it's going to be a $20 patron. So the first name we're going to read out here is one, Andrew Zer, Jordan Moleman Ritchie, Steamed Hand Champion Dylan Haggett, Pete Anderson, Christopher Darby, Plain Old Matt, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dentalplan, Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Grand Skipper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support here on the Four Finger Discount Network. Uh, if you do want to get your name read out on every show, like I said, you just got to be a $20 patient of the show. But if you just want to support the show, you can do so for as little as one single dollar we do on the Four Finger Discount Patreon channel. Now, Mr. Davis, what is your first trivia question? I don't have that many. I'm sorry to say, Dando. But uh, I'll hit you with this. Did you watch the episode? Uh, Am I supposed to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is the snack that Cartman's mum is making for him? Mm. No, you've lost me. What is it? It's cookie dings. Oh, that's what she yells out to him to save his home. Well, there's two things. It was like beefy beefy bowl or something. But, but it was beefy something, yeah, beefy. Yes, oh, but she's I'll, also, yeah, but there's a box on the counter, cookie dings. You know what, actually, you know one thing we haven't mentioned yet that I really appreciated was that um, the guest stars in this episode, so it was actually Jay Leno as himself, and, was it was actually really? Henry Win- and it was actually Henry Winkler, but he didn't voice the Fonz. Do you know who he voiced? Who did he voice? The monster. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Winkler, what a lord. I oh, know, right? So he voiced the monster. That was that was Henry Winkler. Jay Leno voiced himself, and Brett uh, Brett Musburger uh, was Scuzzlebutt's leg. Yeah, he voiced himself. <laughs> uh, now I have one question. Oh, did I ruin? <laughs> okay, <sorry. laughs> I will say that I read the other day, and I don't know if this was common knowledge or not, but the role of Danny Zuko in Greece that yeah you know, John Travolta played, they offered it to yeah. Henry Winkler first. Get the fuck out! I did not know that. Yeah, I could not. I guess it's just because we've had John Travolta for so long, but I still, I don't think he could have given us what Travolta did, do you? Oh, no, absolutely not. He doesn't have that. I mean, he was considered sexy, cause, I guess, because he played the cool character, but I don't think he just he, he has that sexy 
ooze, like chemistry coming out of him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think him and Olivia Newton-John would have done that. You're the one that I want to the extent that Travolta did, you know? No, no. Like, Travolta was absolutely right, casting. He's got a Henry Winkler has charisma and he was, yeah, I think he, I think he was cool because he was Fonzie, but I think he's he the doesn't have that. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't have that Travolta kind of energy. You're right. So, but um, no, I did find that interesting, and I also found it interesting that he that he voiced uh, the monster. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I love that. Yeah. And my first question is, what is native to the area? So when the bus is falling down, they, there's people doing some hiking, and they say, oh, this, <gasps> this, "This is native to the area." Was it a bird or a tree? It was a bird. It was a red something. Mm, red bellied. No, I don't know. I don't know. Chickadee. No. <laughs> oh. All right. Do you have any more questions for me? Because I was going to ask, what was Scuzzlebutt's leg? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. My next question is, what's the uh, the slogan of the Red Roofies? It's on the back of the truck. <laughs> no, I don't know that either. I was looking. I'm, I was clearly listening more than I was looking this time around. But I did watch the episode, Dan. I hope you know that. They're a knockout. That's what it says. <laughs> and my final question is, what day is the new Fantasy Island on? Was well, that Saturday? Saturday, yes. Yes. Oh, no, Mr. New right. Fantasy Island. Yeah, he's missing all his favourite shows. Remember back in the day when if something was on TV and you went home, you just you fucking missed it. And you, you might not ever oh, yeah. see it again. <laughs> you know, if you like, didn't set the VCR, it's like, oh, hopefully they'll repeat it one of these days. <laughs> yeah, as I've said on this podcast before, that fucking trip home from the beach, that Monday night, it was about quarter past nine. I've got to see the... Carmen's mum's a dirty slut. <laughs> like, like, it was life what, what, or death what? in that moment. I had to see it. It was life or death. But um, but yeah, that is trivia for City on the Edge of Forever, aka Flashbacks. We'll be right back after this short break with our in-depth review. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Going Down to South Park, you can support the show on Patreon, where not only will you get early ad-free access to the show, but you also get access to hours of bonus podcasts, access to our exclusive Facebook community, and so much more. So join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. Link is in the description of this podcast. The original air date of City on the Edge of Forever was June 17th, 1998. We're still in 98. Wow, we. Uh, it was mm. written by Trey Parker and Nancy M. Pimental, or Pimental, and directed by Trey Parker. The episode kicks off with the kids all on the school bus, and Miss Crabtree is basically just struggling in the weather. And I've just got here, I get this. Like, when I'm, dri- <laughs> I was trying to drive home from a party yesterday about five o'clock in the evening, and it's been pissing rain here in Geelong lately. So much rain just yeah. will not go away. No matter how many it's times raining right now. It just never stops raining, and it was like torrential. It was, it was like it was that hard rain where no matter how hard you get the wipers going, you can't see shit, right? And the kids are just, I want my lolly, I want this, man. I'm just like, for fuck's sake. I'm just like, man, I can honestly, I was channeling my Miss Crabtree. <laughs> I didn't scream at the kids, but I'm just like, I wanted to scream. It was just like, Ugh! so I get Miss Crabtree being angry in this moment, and Cartman here is eating his cake, an entire cake. Won't share the cake. You don't need a whole cake, you fat ass. I might. <laughs> and just, just the constant like teasing. I couldn't possibly take it a bad. Oh yes, I can. <laughs> oh yes, I can. And how good was the um the Conair reference here? <laughs> bunny. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah, it's a, a, a live cute little bunny. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a bit of a bunny reference. It's a bit of a Conair reference. It's also um. Did you, did you ever see that? Uh, it's the cover of the National Lampoon magazine <laughs> with the dog. No. It's like um, National Lampoon when it came out in the seventies. Uh. Had a picture of a dog, a really lovely looking border collie on the cover with a gun to its head saying, if you don't buy this magazine, we'll shoot this dog. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> and, the dog, and the dog had this kind of look in its eyes like, <laughs> like it's looking at the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look this up. 
<laughs> oh man. But uh yeah, so she's she threatens with the bunny. Okay, that does it. Y'all be quiet or the cute little bunny dies. <gasps> She always tries to quiet us down by threatening to kill that bunny, but I wonder if she ever would. Oh, she would, dude. She would. God! Oh, for Christ's sake, I don't believe this! Come on, fat boy, give us some cake now. I can't not possibly eat one more bag if it's chocolatey goodness. Uh, wait, wait, let me try. Damn it, Carmen, you are such a fat f- What did you say? But what I did like, though, was that um, later on in the episode, Miss Crabtree, right, she, she's she got the, the, a gun to the bunny's head and all that. She's yelling and screaming. And you think, oh, she's just a psycho. Uh, no, she's actually just following the manual of the bus drivers. <laughs> like, she's, she's going by the book. She's not actually just a fucking psycho. She's doing what she's supposed to be doing according to the manual. I, I did love that the video said, by now you've calmed down the children using the bunny technique. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, when the bus is crashing, that one of the, one of my favourite little um, throwaway side gags was that Cartman's still eating the cake yes. as the bus crashes. As they're crashing, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so he calls him a fat fucker. You know, what do you say? She turns around, she crashes, falls off the cliff. They go into the waterfall. And Mr. Crabtree says, you know, just calm down. As they tell her on the edge of the cliff, she consults the manual, like we were saying. And I was going to be one of my trivia questions. What number video was it? Oh, that remember? I do not know. It was, what's Patrick Dangerfield's number for the Geelong Cats? Do you know that? That's five, isn't it? No, it's 35. 35. So the, the manual says, you know, if you've tried the, you've come down with the bunny technique, Say there's a big scary monster who will eat you outside and they will not leave the bus. She does that and now she can go find help knowing that the kids are not going to leave the bus. Hey, why doesn't the scary monster eat her? Cause dumbass, scary monsters don't eat big fat smelly bitches. What did you say? I said Larry King won't grant me three wishes. Oh. Hey, this is not good. She could have at least left the heat on. Ugh. Had to happen to me, didn't it? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love too. Oh, it's supper time. Come to Papa. You got a bit. At least Miss Crabtree is like genuinely trying to help you. She's like, for oh, fuck's yeah. sake, fucking kids on the fucking bus now. Fucking crash now. Go get the fucking help. <laughs> she hates her job, but she takes it seriously. Good. Yeah. On. So she's got and this fucking truck driver's who's got roofies in the car. You know, oh, supper time. Come to Papa. I was like, I wrote as soon as I, as soon as I heard, I'm like, a, guys, gonna like this guy. As soon as I heard, such a creep, Papa. <laughs> supper time. <laughs> she's like, I haven't got all day. He thinks that she's hitting on him. You know, driving to town. We haven't got all day, and she accidentally <laughs> takes roofies. She has to give a shit. Cartman is then worried about Ms. that Miss Crabtree might not return, and then Stan reminds us of worst times. We've got through worst times. Remember that time about the the aliens came, and it's the but everything involves ice cream this time. So it does. It uh, always ends up with it always has a happy ending with ice cream. But yeah, it I does. Yeah. Cartman before that. So it's a anyone a day here? You guys suck. Yeah, you guys suck. <laughs> Uh, they t- we get the first sticky situation where the truck driver Marcus or Mitch whatever you want to say his name is takes Mr. Crabtree to see Carrot Ass at Paulie Shaw's funny pit Paulie Shaw that is a 90s reference if I've ever seen one oh my god yeah <laughs> uh, the last the only thing the only thing I can really remember him from there's two things two movies one was like um, well, one was Encino Man and the other was yeah. like Biodome or something with one of the yeah, Baldwin brothers yeah, I want which, to say um, yeah Biodome with Stephen Baldwin I believe yeah he was a big deal there for a while. I mean, um, 
Well, he was that like that '90s MTV era, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, it's son-in-law and uh, jury duty and in the army now. <laughs> yeah, where it was cool to be high, man. Like it was just, it was just. It was was it was like kind of like a '90s Cheech and Chomp, but just not not fucking. Well, that's the. Thing. I, I don't think you ever saw him like getting blazed or anything like that. He was just kind of like, just kind of like a weird hippie dude, man. It's kind of like Bill and Ted, I guess. I get, yeah, more Bill and Ted than Cheech and Chong, I think, but without <laughs> without the charm. Yes. Although it was, it's, I think he must have had some sort of small degree of charm because you know they they kept throwing money at him to make movies. He's um kind of like the Rob Schneider, the MTV era. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Rob Schneider's a lovely person. But, and you know, what, you know what it was? He just became friends with the right people, I guess, didn't he? There is that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how sort of tight he is with, you know, that, that crew from SNL when he was on, like, you know, Sandler, Spade, Farley and Chris Rock. I mean, there's a famous photo of the four of them. It's just like, oh, my, these guys actually look like best buds and they're just having the best time, you know, making comedy and all that. And then, I don't know, you never really sort of hear about, yeah, and Schneider was there too, but then he's, all, he's in all those Sandler movies. So, you know, they must not hate him. <laughs> I've always I've always said, I've, I say always said, but for a long time I used to always say that I would have loved like a Fawlty Towers-esque sitcom with Tim Curry and Robert Schneider at the hotel. There's a Trump Tower in Home Alone 2. <laughs> I thought they were a great duo in Home Alone 2 as the, as the felt, I, hotel stuff. I felt bad because, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing some movie that Schneider made in the 2000s called Big Stan. Where I never saw that he, one. Okay. Oh, he got busted for something and he was going to go to jail and you know, it was just a dumb concept, but, but it was like... Ooh, if I go to jail, all these guys are going to want to have sex with me, and I don't want that, so I'm going to have to learn to be a real badass and beforehand. And I can't really remember the part. I just remember that, though. But I remember watching going, this sucks in so many ways. It's just a terrible movie. <laughs> but he there, came there was out that, to there promote was that it. Year, though, there was that year, though, where you could have put slapped his face on a post and people were going to see it. You had, like, Juice Bigelow. You had the animal. Like, like, yeah, he, like the hot for chick. a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. For, for a while there, you put his face on a post and he's going to sell some tickets. Yeah, yeah. I think this was at kind of at the tail end of that, though. I mean, oh, what was the other oh, one? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I have no recollection of the big stand at all. I, I remember really enjoying Juice Bigelow 1. Yeah, but he came out to promote it and I interviewed him. Oh, yeah. It was a nice guy. And he was a nice enough fellow, but I didn't have this. <laughs> I was trying, how do, how do I sort of work around this knowing that this is one of the worst things I've seen ever? Oh, in so my it was life. for Big Stan. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was for Big Stan, yeah. So I think yeah. I probably talked a lot about Deuce Bigelow and SNL. And like, oh, and by the way, you made this movie. Congratulations. He'll, uh, for a lot of my generation, and this is a quote that sticks with many people, not just my generation. You can do it. Like, that's oh, yeah. just fucking iconic. <laughs> that is one thing you can drop anytime and people will laugh at it. Oh, that crosses generational boundaries as well. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are like, you can do it. Yeah, <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I hate flying. Talk about something I hate, it's flying. Say, uh, are those roofies kicking in yet? Well, I don't think so! Damn. Do you guys like impressions? No! Here's my impression of Robert De Niro. Hey, yous. Yous guys. Shut up, yous. You suck! Yous guys, shut up. Sit down and shut up! Come on, lady. I love you. You love me. I said, sit down! 
baby, you're wonderful. You're a natural. You're the funniest comic I've seen in yells. Why don't you just shut the hell up? I've got to get some assistance from my broken down bus. Broken down bus, that's great. Great angle. So the kids then start worrying. Oh, I don't think she's coming back. And then red shirt kid leaves. I'm gonna. I'm getting out of here. If I find help, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. And the black monster comes out. The kids are like, shit. <laughs> like when I was watching this, you know what the thing about this episode is, right? It's so fucking outrageous and absurd. These big fucking black monster comes out and eats his kid. Mm. But they've just done such a good job training of making me buy into this universe. I'm just like, hey, that's just South Park. <laughs> you imagine, hey, that, would, yeah. that would happen. <laughs> yeah, this would happen. That's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that sums it up very, very nicely. It doesn't feel out of out of kilter with the South Park universe that you know, there'd be some giant scary monster lurking in the mountains and eat kids. And the kids are like, they're naturally sort of freaked out by it, but it's like, Freaked out by the fact that this kid got, you know, half eaten and thrown against the window. And it's, oh, that's gross. But it's not like, ah, a monster exists. It's like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it happens. Oh, I've just got in my notes. So the black, so the giant monster is real. Of course it is. <laughs> I'm just like, of course it is. Hello. Oh, hello, Miss Cartman. It's Sharon, Stan's mother. Oh, yes, Sharon. How are you? Miss Cartman, is your son at home? Hold on, dear. Let me check. Han, I made beefy logs. I made cookie dings. No, he's not here. Well, now I am worried. I've tried all the houses and nobody knows where they are. Oh, dear. I guess the whole Miss Crabtree was needed because they needed a reason to be kid, the kids to be lost somewhere. Ah, uh, yeah. For the purpose of the story, so I guess that's why you had to sort of focus on Miss Crabtree. But we did get a lot of Miss Crabtree. You're right. But she calls Miss Cartman. I think the sun has come home. Let me check. Beefy, beefy logs, which just sounds like beefy. shit to me. <laughs> oh God. Ah, oh. you are correct, and, but also disgusting. <laughs> and cookie dings, and he doesn't. He doesn't answer. No, it doesn't seem he is home. So then, uh, the parents are starting to worry. We're now at the Denver Talent Agency, and she's the funniest person I've met since Maury Povich. Maury Povich, another throwback to the 90s and early 2000s. You are not the father. That was by in front of the TV every 5 p.m. Every weekday, we're watching Maury Povich. <laughs> we loved and it. I'm sure it's been memed to within an end of his life, but yeah, or maybe it hasn't, but I just remember that there's one particular guy who, when you know, he hears, you are not the father. He just- He celebrates? <laughs> yeah. I told you. I fucking told you. And it's like, I feel so bad for the kids. <laughs> yeah, feel bad for the kids. Feel bad for the woman. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, the, 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 the woman's the woman, yes. But also, this kid's going to one day see his mother. Oh, it reminds me of like, the, the saddest kid. I don't have yes. no daddy. Oh, did you watch it? You watched it, didn't you, right? I did, yes. Is that not the fucking saddest thing you've ever seen in your life? It wasn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at it. I'm laughing but at the, the, way the, the whole the way, situation, the way it, though. I'm not sure whether we spoke about it on this podcast or not, but the saddest kid that ever lived, that I don't have no daddy. When the drill sergeant looks at him, he's like, okay, shit. I can't yell at this oh, kid anymore. I have, to give him a, I, just get, I have to give him a cuddle now. Okay, yeah. Tough love ain't going to work. It's just going to have to be regular love. Yeah, I have to give him a cuddle. <laughs> just take him backstage. Yeah, it was, it's the most heartbreaking thing you'll ever see. Saddest kid that ever lived or whatever on on um, YouTube. Uh, but then, yeah, but the, the talent agency and you look like a lump of dog shit by a car. They all think she's hilarious because she gets offered a million dollars. I just love the... the, the <laughs> it's something the Parkruns don't do so well, just those peripheral, sleazy showbiz characters and things like that. What did I tell you? She's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's the voice. It's just, it's the voice. They can say it really that is. voice and it just comes out funny. It's Trey Parker. Trey Parker has just got one of the most 
is he a talented voice actor or has he just got one of the most comical voices? I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the latter. Yeah. yeah. I mean I he's don't not think a voice you, actor, it's just his voice is just so great. Yeah. It's just it's a terrific combination of just material and voice. I mean, you wouldn't put him up where they're like uh, like Mark Hamill or Billy West or John DiMaggio or or the late Kevin Conroy, um, who gave voice to Batman mm. um, on the animated series. But uh, I nothing. It's one of my favourite things. It's one of my favourite funny things. Is just uh, Trey Parker's doing this voice. What was he? What did he say about Ned last week? Not me. I'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a cocoa. Would you, want, would you like another muffin? <laughs> of course. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even when he just, in, yeah, pleased to meet you. <laughs> Snooty kind of voice. It's so wonderful. I, I, you can clearly tell that, yeah, I just do it once and I just have to laugh every time I, every time I do my busy imitation of it. Love it. She's forgot about the kids though because the roofies are, they're, like, they're kicking in, but they're not. They've just, they've made her lose her memory. Kids mm. now just don't know what day it is. They've lost track. And Cartman's missing the new episodes of Fantasy Island. And Kylan brings up Scuzzlebutt with Brett Musburger. And then instead of making, instead of weaving baskets, he makes ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and Patrick Duffy, Patrick Duffy was the last league, wasn't he? It, it was, was yes. League. But, yeah, yeah. That's what I call a sticky situation. Then Cartman suggests it could be Mr. Garrison because Mr. Garrison tried to kill Kathleen Giffen. And we got the fucking flashback of, come on, you little bitch. Little bitch. <laughs> Is that one of the greatest fucking lines ever? Oh, my God. Come on, you little bitch. <laughs> the, the best part about that uh, about that uh. flashback is just the, the, the final shot of... Um, Carpenter going, beefcake, and he actually is buff. <laughs> and he's a beefcake, and Stan kissing Wendy and stuff. Oh, fuck, it's yeah. like, that's, that's what I mean, it's hilarious. They, they're getting all the flashbacks and just saying in the, mm, what the kids just wish happened. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> well, you know what it is? Now that it, make, it actually makes sense, I've, it's just dawned on me. This is, this is how Stan would want everything to go, go down. Because Stan uh, kissed Wendy in every dream. He didn't vomit. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Makes sense now. Like, come on, you uh, we got there in the end. <laughs> we got there in the end. But then Jade Leno with his giant chin. I like that he was willing to still do the show and still take the mechanic mm. himself. Like Jade Leno seems like a nice guy. And apparently, he burned himself recently. Jade Leno. He was working on one of his many, 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 many vintage cars, and yeah, one of them either I don't know if it exploded or a bit of a big uh, gush of fire came out of the engine while he was working on it but yeah burned his face pretty badly poor dude really oh, so shout out to Jay Leno hope you're doing uh, well my man uh, shout out to Jay him and Dave put me to sleep and not in a bad way like when I was a kid <laughs> you turn <laughs> on late night TV yeah you turn on TV and like I would just often go to sleep with either Jay or David just talk me to sleep it was just yeah the soundtrack of my childhood. <laughs> it was the ASMR of the of the uh, of the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, and he stars this week are a washed up actress from some sitcom and the comedy from and comedy from Miss Crabtree. And then they all just now they, is she they, Mrs. Crabtree or Miss Crabtree? Because I mean, well, I keep writing Miss Miss Crabtree because she's obviously not with anybody because she's trying to get no. With but I get the feeling that uh, you know other times that. Mrs. No, oh, Mrs. Crabtree is driving the bus. Yeah, but I thought it was, it was always like, oh, Miss Crabtree. Crabtree. I thought it was always Miss Crabtree. I'm not too sure. Well, but, um, yeah, don't trust my hearing. No, she asked for another roofie to uh, to calm down. And Mark's like, oh, yes, no worries. The parents are now all with, with Mr. Mackey. And I love when Mr. Mackey wants to hand out pamphlets and posters. We're here to some pamphlets. <laughs> some brochures. <laughs> and she's answers for everything, handing out brochures and stuff. But yeah, he says 99% of the case when children go missing, it's because they've run away. The parents all then blame themselves and they go out and they start putting all the posters up on the walls and blah, blah, blah. The kids then hear a sound outside. And Kelly rem- uh, Kenny reminds me of the memory of him killing death, just jumping all over him, <laughs> just kicking the <laughs> shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. 
uh, the, the monster bursts through the roof, takes Kenny. Hey, company, can we order a pizza? <laughs> That's what you think of right now. Uh, now, Ms. Crabtree, she's yelling at the crowd, doing her stand-up, and they all think she's just um, you know, the greatest thing ever. She gets off stage and she says, I'm not going to give this up. Success is like a hollow, like a, it's hollow like a dead tree. So they go for a cup of coffee. That's <laughs> love Jay Leno. Wow, what an up-and-comer. <laughs> I didn't hear that, actually. <laughs> the kids then uh, say they've got to stick together, you know, and this is where Cartman brings up the Fonzie episode where he jumps over the buses on the motorcycle, which apparently <laughs> he really did in the episode... I remember that when I was a kid, and it was like a two-parter. Yeah, so it's part one and part two. It's from the episode, uh, season three, two-part episode, Fearless Fonzarelli, it's called. Mm. Which I assume wasn't the Jumping the Shark episode, because he didn't literally no, jump over no, a shark at one, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the show actually jumped the shark. But yeah, uh, yeah I, no, I remember the, uh, distinctly remember that. Those Happy Days two-parters, there were a few of them, actually, because there was one where I think the Fonz took part in like a demolition derby as well. Okay. And I just remember the end of the episode, go, oh, my God. Because um, something like Pinky Tuscadero had been, she was taking part in it as well. Yeah. And some villainous dude had rammed her and didn't look like Pinky was going to pull through. They took her in the ambulance and took her to the hospital. So the Fonz got in the car to fuck that guy up. And <laughs> it, it was at the end of the episode, it was like, this is for you, Pete. This is for you, Pinky. It's like, oh, he's, the Fonz going to fuck that guy up. Yeah. <laughs> Direct quote from six-year-old guy. <laughs> this is my this is my version of we got to get home from the beach to watch Cartman's a dirty slut. <laughs> Except, I'm pretty sure I didn't say actually the Fonz is going to fuck that guy up, but I think I just got very excited about it. And my folks are like, he's a bit too invested in the Fonz. <laughs> but Fonz was like the biggest star on TV, right? At that point. Oh my god. It's so funny looking back at Happy Days now when you look at this sort of <laughs> he's very much it, it's it's literally we have John Travolta at home. You know, and that thing about, you know, eh, can we have McDonald's? We have McDonald's. you know, we have that at home. <laughs> we'll make you a burger at home. It's like you go to the movies to see Travolta, but it's like, oh, oh, I need my fix. I need my cool leather jacket guy. Then you watch Happy Days and you look at him and then you look at Henry Winkler's career since and he hasn't really sort of, he's not cool. He's kind of, to, to use a phrase from our Jewish friends, he's a bit of a nebbish, you know. But at the same time, I mean, thinking back to being a, a kid in the 70s and watching Happy Days, it's like, oh my God, yeah, this guy is so cool. Yeah, so that's one thing that I would just never really, I guess you could say appreciate because I never lived through it, but I've just heard tales of just the Fonz at that point. I want to say, was it 70s or 60s? 70s. 70s, it was just like peak, like peak superstar when it comes to television. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, just the the pivotal character. <laughs> yeah, the central character. It would never exist anymore, a superstar like that for a television show, I don't think, for a TV show. I don't, no, not to that degree, no. No. Everything's got a bit too sort of new, too nicheified for that. Mitch and I were sort of discussing on the Beyond Blunderdome episode because it's got Mel Gibson in it, and we're sort of discussing how Hollywood doesn't really have actors like Stallones and Gibsons. And Willis it doesn't really have those bankable stars where you can just put them in a movie and people will go to see it anymore. And they can oh, play yeah. a, it. Like, it doesn't exist anymore. And I, I brought up Pratt and he was like, no, it's not Pratt. Because Pratt, what he did was he put himself into good franchises. The character is what sells now, not the star. Yeah. I mean, it used to be that you went to see a movie that was Tom Cruise as a barman. You wouldn't go see Cocktail if it wasn't Tom Cruise as a barman. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's Tom Cruise. Or. I think maybe the, la- the last few people to do it were probably like Sandler. Sandler did it really well. 
Well, I reckon Nicolas Cage in the nineties did a pretty good job. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But and 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 Will Smith to some degree. But I mean, you don't really have. Yeah, a lot of people say, oh, the era of the movie star is over. You go see Thor. You don't necessarily go see Chris Hemsworth. You like Chris Hemsworth. You like him fine. But um, I'm sure he's been in plenty of movies that no one's even heard of. Yeah, that's the thing. He couldn't get anyone to go see Men in Black International, and you know, because it was a yeah. piece of shit. That, that, that's, <laughs> I guess that sort of sums it up. Yeah, like you pl- plotted him into a massive franchise, and not even he could save it. Yeah, so you need you you still have actors with quote unquote star quality, charisma, all that kind of stuff. They have movie star energy, but the the mechanism that makes them movie stars doesn't really exist anymore. Hey, wait a minute. What? Remember that time Fonzie jumped over the buses with his motorcycle? Go, Fonzie! Hey. You can do it, Fonzie. We believe in you, Fonz. Carmen, that's not the way it happened. Yeah, dude. Kenny just died eight hours ago from that monster. How could he have died back then, too? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that doesn't make sense. Then the bus starts falling. Uh, but the, boss, uh, the bus balances. Uh, Kyle then says, things always work out. And we have the flashback to the, uh, the kid in the red shirt leaving. And he eats ice cream and gives, <laughs> and gives it to the kids. That's for that, Kyle. Sticky situation. <laughs> I love it. It's so ridiculous. that It's kind of like one of those Terrence and Philip episodes where, you know, they keep farting. And it gets to a point where it's just like, I'm just laughing. For the sake of, like, I don't yeah. know, I don't even know why I'm laughing at this anymore. It's it's not even that funny. Crabtree and Marcus are now sitting by a pond, and she said, "You can call me Muffin." It it feels <laughs> odd seeing her be human. Yeah, human. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cartman is then missing Barnaby Jones. He's so sad. But they decide they can turn on the TV, and they turn on the TV in the bus, and um, they see the news report about the runaway kids, and they see their parents singing, like you said, Randy Marsh singing that song. Hello, Stanley. It's me, Papa. Gosh, your mother and I miss you. And I hope that, wherever you may be, you'll hear this message. Little lamb, lost in the great big world. Run away, finding streets still cold. Dude, your dad's a retard. Please come home, Kyle. You left home looking for something new. But all you need is right here waiting for you. Run away, come home. We love you just as you are. Run away, come home. We're sorry things got this far. Dude, did it ever occur to them to just look for us? I hope my dad doesn't sing. So great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, your dad's such a such a doofus or whatever. Your oh no, he says the R word. <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> I love how it's almost like a take on um, We Are The World. All the parents just in their shirts, <laughs> arm in arm. Which is funny because we're about to review Radio Bart with our man Bill Oakley from The Simpsons for our, for our Four Finger Discount podcast. This whole thing, it's a, like a big <laughs> web of coincidences. Yeah. <laughs> we're really we're not it? making this shit up. This, no. you know, I mean, <laughs> just, we just actually are doing... We're, unless Dando's got a grand plan that he's not sort of killing me in on. But, you know, we're doing Starship Troopers a bit later and this has got the Starship Troopers monster in it. You know... 
the Bill Oakley thing. What the hell? It's, it's all connected. The, uh, it's the FFDPU, the Four Finger Discount Podcast Universe, all connected. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like just PU. I like the, yeah, I like the, did it ever occur to them to just look for us? <laughs> Cartman brings up that John Alway was his dad. <laughs> I like this. And then takes him for ice cream. And Carl says, wasn't your, wasn't your mum your dad? Because she has a penis. And Cartman cracks the shits, chases after him, tips the bus over, and then landed a big tub of ice cream. And I'm like... I don't know what's happening here, but whatever. Take me for the ride. <laughs> and then Cartman wakes up and he uh, explains to his mom, everything, you know, I had this terrible dream. Everything ended with ice cream. And then they start eating beetles for breakfast. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know where they're going now, but whatever. Then Stan wakes up. I thought by this point, maybe they're going to have all the kids wake up. Yeah. And, then, and then the last one would be Kenny wake up and him saying, oh my God, I had this bad, bad dream where I always die. And then that would be like his way. Anyway, but Stan wakes Big up. Way to end it. Yeah, calls Kyle. And, uh, you know, he says he's got real emotional problems, so he's not going to go back to sleep. They said they're all going to Happy Burger. So he goes there. Look, that just goes nowhere. We're all going to Happy Burger. And then that was it. I was like, oh, okay. That's the end of the kids in this episode. And then Miss Crabtree and Marcus are still at the pond. And Marcus explains that none of this is real. She says, well, let me pretend that it is for as long as I can and fade out. Mm. And that was the end. I was like, oh. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's a shout out to the actual city at the edge of forever or anything like that. So, jo- Joan, sure. Col- so Joan Collins plays somebody... A love mm. interest, I believe, of Kirk, I think, in that episode. And basically, Kirk has to come to the realisation that he needs to allow her to be hit by a car so that the yeah, present can yeah. go back to normal. And he has to, like, That's right. watch it happen, kind of, basically, kind of thing. He, has, he, he could yeah. stop her and he, he doesn't, kind of thing. Um, That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, okay. But, yeah, I'm not sure whether that ending is similar. Because that episode just ends with them going back to normal again. So, it's not really the same. Because I remember watching the ending of it. But uh, yeah, a funny episode of South Park. It's about, it's about as funny as you're going to get for a clip show, I guess, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, like you said, I don't know if Comedy Central said, hey, clip show, or Parker and Son like, uh, Maybe they wanted to take the piss out of clip shows and this was the way to do it. That That's a possibility, yeah, because I'm thinking the the common sort of wisdom about clip shows is like, uh, we can't be fucked. Let's just whack together a bunch of clips and put yeah. together a little framing device. We'll do it in a third of the time. But they rework all the clips in this, so it's clearly some effort's got to gone into have to have gone into it. So it doesn't feel like oh, we don't feel like working today. <laughs> Let's just do a clip show. It's like no, you put the work in. So yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an odd one. I can't say it was one of my favourite episodes. I really can't. I think the idea of clip show, whether you're taking the piss or not, as someone who lived through our times where clip shows were a thing. You always rolled your eyes at clip shows. You're like oh, fucking clip shows are the worst. Sort of, but as you were saying though. I mean, there's a thing, if you miss the episode, then, or, or even if you watch it once and it's one that you really like, it's like, oh, yeah, I hope I can see that again some stage. I hope they repeat that at some stage. And then if they did a clip show, it's like, oh, it's got my bit from that bit. I love that bit. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a tough time before YouTube and <laughs> You young youth listening to this podcast, you have no idea what you missed out on. Just be thankful that you did. Yes, Well, that's our review of City on the Edge of Forever. Hope you enjoyed our review. The next episode of Going Down to South Park, we are tackling the episode Summer Sucks. So if you want to Hmm. make sure you do not miss out on that one, hit that subscribe button. Also, please continue to rate and review us on both Spotify 
and Apple Podcasts, uh, depending where you listen to this show. If you are listening to us through Apple, please check us five stars and leave us a kind review as well. And we will read out all reviews on the podcast in future episodes. Don't forget, you can also send your questions through to southparkmailbag at gmail.com. So if you've got a question for us or just a quick message, southparkmailbag at gmail.com. This has been our review of City on the Edge of Forever. Next episode, Summer Sucks. Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Just one. Hey.